0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to all you first-timers. I'm glad you found us and hope you check out all the previous fun episodes on this channel. Okay, my guests today are Felipe Martinez and Ayano Yoneda, Based in San Francisco, California, they have taught all over the world and are known for their clear and enthusiastic teaching style. They teach regularly at several venues in the Bay Area such as Milonga Genesis, The Great Northern, The Beat over in Berkeley, and the Stanford Tango Club. They are also organizers of the renowned San Francisco Tango Marathon. Felipe has also DJed at a number of big-name events, including festivals and milongas in Portland, Denver, Washington, D.C., Fort Bragg, New York City, Singapore, Taipei, Hong Kong, and many others. And with me now are Felipe Martinez and Ayano Yoneda. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to have you with us. Thank you very much for inviting us. It's a great opportunity. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. We're looking forward to it. So how did you fall in love with Tango? Ayano, we'll start with you.
1: Somebody I knew Mm -hmm. just started Tango and that person took me to a milonga. It happened to be a Halloween milonga. Everybody was in costume. And I just thought it was like a Cinderella's ball. And I just fell in love immediately. It was so elegant. It was so classic. And I just couldn't, could not,
2: not dance. In my case, I was dancing other dances before. I was doing some social ballroom and salsa mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And tango always has this sort of like a special Aura, a little bit more exotic kind of thing. So it was always in the back of the mind to try one day. And, you know, the moment we started learning Argentine tango is like everything felt so close to my heart for some reason, which I can not really explain, but I, I felt so related to it and I immediately mm-hmm. got hooked. So after that, I, I little by little stopped dancing the other dances and just focused on tango, going 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 dancing as much as possible.
0: So what was your very first tango lesson like?
2: So this is interesting also because that was like in 1997. Mm -hmm. So back in the days, uh, it was a very different story. And I remember very clearly my very first Argentine Tango lesson was the eight count basic Mm -hmm. in the very traditional way where, you know, the men practice their part on one side and the women practice their part on the other side. And then you put them together. But uh, I also remember that from the very first time, my teachers back in the days, Leo Calvelli and Eugenio Sandivaras, who I obviously owe everything too. they were making a strong emphasis on the idea that it had to be improvised. So even when we were learning our part separately, once you put it together, it was about, you know, try to synchronize together, follow each other's timing and that kind of thing. So I
0: think it was a good start all the way from the beginning. How about you, Ajana? How was your What was your first lesson like? I
1: don't remember what we did, <laughs> but I remember that it was slow and it was doable. I thought, okay, I can do this dance. Okay, this is an accessible dance. Because I tried other dance before, for example, salsa, it was Mm -hmm. too fast and I could not keep up. I couldn't remember the choreography and then I thought, okay, I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. But tango for me, okay, this is approachable is what I remember from my
0: first lesson. So your very first dance at a milonga, it was at that Halloween milonga. So how exactly did that first dance feel to you?
1: I mean, of course I didn't dance because I did not know how to dance. Somebody just took me to show what Argentine tango was. But I just thought that I never knew that such couple dance existed in this 21st century. It just felt like trouble back in time
0: is what I felt. And how about you, Felipe, your very first dance at a Milonga, do you remember? My 1st I don't really remember my first dance at a Milonga, but I do remember that
2: I started going to Milongas because uh, I was taking classes back in that time also. It was always with the same partner, which it was my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And at some point my teacher said, you know, if you want to really get better and, and improve your dancing and all that, you need to start dancing with other people. So they recommended, you know, they organized a milonga and they recommended that I should go to the milonga and start dancing with other people. And that's kind of like what it was like. Yeah, after a while, after I was taking a few classes and all that. So I remember it was almost like going to do my homework more than just dancing. I was going there and trying to ask all these different women to practice, really which maybe is not the way I would approach it today obviously if I tell some beginner to go to the milonga for the first time but um, at the time it was very useful to me because I I did really need to dance with other people to improve my dancing.
0: I remember not my
1: first milonga but the first year Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously I didn't know much and nobody knew me and so I would sit and watch a lot Mm -hmm. in that time In San Francisco there are so many great dancers, so many beautiful dancers. I would just like listen to music and sit and watch and watch and watch until some guy give me a pity and ask me to dance, probably the worst dancer in the Milonga. (laughs) But you know, I would gladly accept and I would dance a little and then I'll come back to my seat and just watch. Yeah. I still enjoyed. I never left before the end of the Milonga.
0: Yeah, so that's really good advice, uh that Felipe you got. you, You gotta go out and use your dancing and uh are you just really soaking in that that atmosphere of the uh, the milonga So I want to just change gears to turning points in learning which is sort of related to what you're just talking about. So what's some really good or memorable advice that you've gotten from some of your own teachers that that still sticks with you today? I still remember what my first teacher said once that
2: everything is in the embrace. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like phrase still resonates in me and and I keep just deepening into that and realize how important that is. Uh, As I said, I was studying with my first teachers uh, exclusively for like three years before I started taking classes with anybody else. So I really got a strong foundation from them. They come from a school of thought. They they, they learn from Los Dinsel, which is a a, a very well-known, renowned couple that um, sadly they both passed away already. Mm -hmm. But they have their own system, their own method. They used to have a practicum in Buenos Aires. So I started with that foundation of that dinsel system. Mm-hmm. And One thing also that they would emphasize a lot was not just the moves and the technique and the mechanics of the movement, but um, also the whole psychological and emotional aspect of the dance, which was very uh, interesting at the time, no? to, to really find out that it's a whole, a whole dimension no? of, of many different things put together. It's not just about movement. Well, that was a very interesting turning point. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when I started taking classes with other people, which, you know, I, I took classes with many, many different teachers, another significant insight was finding out uh, Gustavo Naveira. Gustavo mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Gustavo and Chichon Fabian and, and that, the other school of, of thought in tango, which was also mm-hmm. like, you know, an eye-opening in many other ways, you know, like that was back in the days when, you know, Tango nuevo, if you wanna call it like that. Uh, was exploding, and definitely find out that Gustavo or, or, and some people have really taken the time to study tango, to, to 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 reflect on tango, on the teaching of the technique, on the structure, on how it developed, and everything else. Because because you know they really studied the subject, so it was a very it was a very uh, strong influence at the time, mm-hmm. and that was. The another turning point and a third turning point which happened at different moments along the way was also finding out the dance of the old milongueros and that was something <laughs> also that I I, dis, I discovered or I found out really early by watching videos actually not, not not videos on YouTube but I used to go to the to the house of America in Madrid and just I, I went to the library where they had like a, 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 a they have a VHS library of, of Latin American movies wow. Oh, and I was finding there some movies that had some uh, tango on them, mm-hmm. including uh, the famous documentary Tango Our Dance, mm-hmm. which is a very classic, it's a classic documentary that shows some of the old milongueros, including Portalea, for instance. Mm-hmm. So For me, that was like a huge discovery, finding that, you know, this, this was a real social dance that, you know, older people were able to, to practice and, and just admiring and, and finding out the quality of the dance. So, you know, people like Portalea or El Chino Perico, uh, uh, Miguel Balmaceda, all these old Milongueros, finding out about their dancing was definitely another turning point that really influenced me a lot. Nice. I, I, I respect a lot the the, the quality, the
0: dance of, of some of these people. And how about you, Ajano?
1: I ever got
0: <laughs> really, okay. really good and memorable advice from. And I some
1: share that years. with everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's my first teacher, Andre Fucidelli still mm-hmm. lives in San Francisco, she told, she encouraged me at the end of the first series, you will be good. You should keep dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm always for you. And I still remember that. I think that's why I keep going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It gave me hope. Yeah. And yeah. I still share that with many of our students. I see their passion, that they're really hooked, and I give them encouragement because I remember that that was very important for me. hmm in the beginning, we are so insecure and feel like we don't know nothing. We know how we don't know how to move. And but as a teacher who's been or as a dancer who's been dancing for a long time, you can see mm-hmm. that they're gonna get hooked and they're gonna enjoy this dance for the rest of their lives. Then we should share that with them. And so I, I I take that advice very very dear to my heart. Now, in terms of turning points, mm-hmm. is when I discovered the close embrace. I come from Japan. I grew mm-hmm. up in Japan. I started tango a year after I moved here. I never grew up hugging anyone. I've never even hugged mm-hmm. my own parents. Now, so I was dancing in really far away embrace as possible the first two years. Mm-hmm. Until I went to Buenos Aires, and all these mirongueros, they were just grab you and they would just give you the biggest hug you can imagine <laughs> and i was like oh my god this is too much for me <laughs> but you know you're going I go out to mironga every night and then you get just exposed to it and i still was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then when i came back to united states i took this class and the teacher immediately saw that i was not comfortable with the close embrace and he said You have to give the embrace to the other person, to your partner, as if Mm. that's the person you love the most in the world. And then I was like, okay, oh, that's what embrace is about. And that was like eye opening for me. It was very difficult still to to break through that barrier, psychological barrier of Mm -hmm. giving myself to the other person in physical proximity. Mm -hmm. But... Okay. Okay. This is like a role play. I can do this. So I started giving, mm-hmm. and I realized that that will give me back so much. So that that was, that was the biggest turning point in my Tango learning.
2: Mm-hmm. Let me let me um let me add one more time one more thing to the to the other turning points that I had also because I can kind of like it came back now to my mind. Another turning point was when I found Geraldine, Geraldine Rojas, the famous um, the famous dancer. I mm-hmm. uh, used to partner with Javier Rodriguez first and now is right. partnering with Esupil Paludi. And just finding her and having studied with her over the years, that was also another turning point because she has a very personal view on Tango. She she grew up basically with yeah, it. Yeah. And, and and she's to me is like the the it's like it really expresses the soul of, of the tango and and, and it's, just, it's just a fantastic, fantastic dancer that also open a lot of ideas about how, how the dance works.
0: Yeah, so how did you start teaching, Felipe?
2: Well, I don't know if the first
0: experience
2: teaching is actually technically considered teaching, because okay. how I started was when my, my teachers at the time were, you know, traveling on tour or being away, and then they would put us, me and my partner, in charge of the class. You know, they would tell us, okay, we're going to be gone. You guys are kind of like our advanced students. This is what I wanted to teach for us. So I was basically subbing for them. Although, you know, they would tell me what to teach and I would teach it obviously in the way they normally would teach us. But that was kind of like my first experience. And then later on, when I moved to, to California, when I moved to San Francisco, what happened is that I wasn't trying to teach. It wasn't in my plans at all. I had another profession at the time. Mm-hmm. But people would approach me asking if if I was doing privates or if I were if, if I wanted to teach before the milongas and things like that. So that's how I actually started teaching. People just would see me dancing around and they would think that I was a, a, a local teacher or a visiting mm-hmm. teacher, and then they would ask for private lessons. And you know, little by little, that's how the whole thing started growing organically and just
0: became another world. How about you, Ayano? I was
1: uh, starting to be trusted in the class as a partner or either my teacher or my friend or in this case with Felipe also.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I am still learning as a teacher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I learn a lot how to teach from Felipe a lot. Yeah. He's a yeah. great teacher.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so the wonderful thing about tango is that we're very free to interpret the music in almost any way we want, but at the same time, that's what makes the dance very challenging for students, especially the beginner students. So what advice do you have for beginner students in interpreting the music?
2: We, we tend not to tell them how to interpret the music because as you say, I mean, as you can, uh, I, as the world says, interpreting is something also very personal. So we try to not tell them what to do, how to do it. What we try to make sure is that they get to know the music. Mm -hmm. So our advice from the very beginning is that they should start listening to as much tango music as possible. Mm -hmm. And we play a variety of different music in class for them. And we also give them like some links to Pandora stations Mm -hmm. that we have created. We obviously for beginners, you know, you give them a sense of what is the basic beat and things like that. But uh, honestly, if you want my opinion, I think musicality is, is uh, how do you say it? It's, it's overestimated. It's okay. overestimated. Like there's, there's, a, there's a, these days, today, there is an obsession with literal musicality. Uh-huh. And to me, it's actually a little bit confining in terms of how free you could be when you dance and when you interpret the feeling of the tango, the feeling of the music.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we actually don't try to be too constricting when it comes to that. I just think that sometimes people are too much the slave of the music and they don't really interpret the music. They don't really use the music to dance and be free. Mm. So our most important advice to them is that you have to know the music. You have to know the music so well that you can really hum it in your head and that you can really know most of the tunes that are played at at, at social dances. But we don't like to give them formulas as to what to do when with the music because, you know, what attracts somebody to move in a certain moment, in a certain way might be completely different than what attracts another person to do it. That's part of the beauty of uh, dancing musically is actually finding that diversity and that richness also in the music itself and on how that relates to your feelings and your your interpretation.
1: Yeah, knowing music a lot is very important. Mm -hmm. And that's also what I noticed, all the great dancers, all the Milongueros, they know music so well. Mm-hmm. They can sing everything. They know the backstory. story. They know who are the orchestras. They know who is the singer. Mm-hmm. And you feel how they feel about the song mm-hmm. every time they dance. <laughs> so when I'm, when I'm in the Milonga with my students or my friends, I always do this game. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, who is the orchestra? What is this song? Mm-hmm. And they don't know, no? In the, beginner, in the beginning, they don't know. So I tell them, okay, give me the adjective. How do you describe this music? And then they say okay it's like upbeat uh, energizing mm-hmm. okay so who do you think this orchestra is and they will say that mm-hmm. okay now so that's per, part one and then mm-hmm. after they get that i will ask them you have to start building a personal relationship with this music mm-hmm. do you like it what does it make you feel do you feel dramatic about it or does it make you kind of like boring <laughs> thank you uh, romantic I don't know everybody can feel differently about each music there is no way no one way to feel about each music mm-hmm. and I think that is the first step into interpreting
2: the tango music in your dance okay. just note on the side since I mentioned this before um we created a, a pandora station that is called tango 101 mm-hmm. where we have a selection of songs that we we, from the golden age, from the 40s mainly, that we, you know, we pass on to a student so they can start listening and hearing and getting accustomed to, to the kind of music that is played at Milongas.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's really nice to set up that Pandora station. It's good. It's good. All right. So what are some good ways for advanced students to help beginner students, in your opinion? The first one is to
2: dance with them. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Because sometimes, you know, uh, people,
2: as, as soon as they think they're advanced, they become kind of like detached from the rest of the community mm. and they forget that they were beginners before. Yeah. So yeah. definitely the, 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 the mm. most important thing, the best gift they can give beginners is to dance with them. Mm. Dance with them because a beginner becomes better by dancing with more experienced dancers. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing that we, we w- I would tell people, you know, whether it's at practicas or in the classes to help the, the local teachers or even at milongas, So that's one thing. And second, if it's a practical or a context where they can give feedback, they should maybe give them feedback in a constructive way. And also, even more important than what you can tell in terms of technique or whatever, is to really pass on your love for tango. Like be contagious to beginners so they can really get hooked. They They see that you love tango, that it's making you happy, that it has changed your life in a positive way and when they feel that from 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 teachers or or advanced people in the community it's much more likely that they will they will join and it will also impact their lives in a in a positive way
1: Mm, i think making them feel welcome in the community is very important even if you don't feel like dancing with them just say hi acknowledge that they're there they're part of the community i think that's very important
0: absolutely Okay. So in all of your years of teaching, Felipe and Ayano, what have you learned from your own students? I'm a teacher by trade. I was a school teacher before, and I have a degree in education. Mm-hmm.
2: I always, I'm always aware of the different individual ways of people learning.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I learned a lot from my students. I learn, I, I watch in order to realize what they need. So it's very important that a teacher doesn't always come with a plan with a fixed plan mm-hmm. or an agenda a teacher should be open to what the student really needs mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is a, a maybe a longer discussion because you know sure. these days sure. nowadays tango is you know getting very commercialized mm-hmm. and there's this debate between what people want versus what they actually need mm-hmm. and how to compromise mm-hmm. that in order to also be able to have a successful career but, mm-hmm. you know, as a teacher, you should always keep in the back of your mind that sense of not just giving the student what they want, but what they really need. Mm-hmm. And you can only know about that when you really watch carefully and pay attention to what your students are telling you, what, 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 what you, know, you need to be able to read them
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and be able to say, OK, this is what's going on with this group or in this community or with this person. And I need to address it this way. So I think the one of the things that I keep learning from them constantly is to maintain an open mind, to not have a, an agenda that you would just apply blindly to everybody,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but that the teaching and learning experience is like an open channel. Mm-hmm. Of, of, it's more, it's more, it's a more, it's more like an interaction really, mm-hmm. because sometimes the students, by by watching them, you know, they tell you what they need.
1: I 100% agree
2: on that. Yeah, everybody learn in different ways and, you know, sometimes people is more visual, sometimes people is more kinesthetic, sometimes people are very analytical, sometimes they really are works when they can copy the movement, there are all these different ways where you can show the same thing or, or, or try to pass on the same information. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, there's many different ways in, in which people learn. And you should, you should be aware of all these different individual needs. And also in different in different stages of their development they might need different things you know not all beginners need the same thing some some people already are comfortable embracing or not and some people you know they are they, they need more work with the structure or with the technique or some people already speak spanish and know about the lyrics and and, and, and they are more comfortable in the in the culture let's say you know it's not the same thing in different communities is different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you mentioned just a little while ago how in some ways tango is becoming a little more commercialized. So what are, I guess, for, for newer students out there who want a more authentic experience, like taking a class from, from you and Ayano, what, what should they look out for in, in a teacher to say, you know, a, a better experience versus, versus one that's a little too commercial?
2: It's a tough question because as a beginner, you don't know the difference, you don't know anything. So the problem with beginners is that they cannot discriminate. I remember uh, Fabian Salas, a very famous uh, Argentinian teacher who is now based in in Florida. Mm -hmm. He said once or several times that the best teachers should teach the beginners and not the other way around, which traditionally is how it's been happening, because it's true. It's like it's when they need the most a good foundation, but in many cases, it's overlooked. And of course, a beginner don't know the difference between a good teacher and a bad teacher, a big star and, and somebody who's not known. Right. So it's a oh. very tough question. And I think the best way to to find out a good teacher mm-hmm. is through mm-hmm. recommendations of your friends who already dance, maybe, which is how most people get in tango anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was having a conversation with Mitra Martin, a local teacher in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, used to have a, a oxygen tango at, at a tango school in, in Los Angeles, still mm-hmm. still running. And she was telling me once that most of the beginners are coming because some friend recommends that. Mm-hmm. So that is the best publicity. So I think they cannot discriminate. A, a, a beginner cannot discriminate because they don't have the knowledge or the ability to to know the difference. Mm-hmm. You know. And mm-hmm. sometimes we have all this, you know, show tango in the back of our minds and whatever they show on TV and whatever the the pop culture has been has been propagating. So I think it's like, you know, tango in a way is is a subculture. So I think the way to access it in the best way is through somebody who's already initiated. Mm -hmm. It's almost like somebody has something really valuable, like like a little secret that wants Mm -hmm. to share with their friends. And then you tell your friends, hey, come to these classes or come to this milonga or or, or come join us. And, and, you know, it's going to be good for you. And it's true. It's like tango. I don't think tango is for everybody. And very, very soon into the game, people realize whether they get hooked or it's not for them. Mm -hmm. And most of the times, they cannot tell by themselves at the beginning who's a good teacher and who's not. And for me, a good beginner teacher is somebody who, as I said before, is contagious, passes Mm -hmm. on their love for tango and gets you hooked. Mm -hmm. Once you are hooked, you are going to learn. With that person or with another person, you're going to learn along the way. So it's not so important what you learn or if you learn at the beginning. I think it's more important that you get hooked.:
0: Yeah, I just love seeing that in students when they when they get hooked because I remember exactly what that feels like, and I'm sure you both you both do as well. Okay, so how do you keep challenging yourselves? You see, I, this is a very
1: interesting question because we don't need to keep challenging ourselves because tango keeps challenging us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: there Tango is infinite. There's, I don't think there's never a point where you got it. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy in each stage. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a beginner, if you're advanced, if you're professional level, we keep enjoying. But we keep learning. We keep improving ourselves because there's never a
2: perfection. So deep and so rich that you, 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 you can never stop knowing more, uh, appreciating better. So it's like... You don't really need to do anything to challenge yourself. If you really love tango and you just try to, to, to get deeper into it, that is already a challenge. itself Because, you know, if you want to learn about the history, if you want to start learning about the music, there's very little information out there. It's already a challenge just finding information to keep right, enriching right. Your, your, your experience with tango.
1: Hmm. I discover a new way or new feeling, new sensation, on how to change my weight. Ah. There is a discovery in how I move mm-hmm. on a daily basis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, I was having a conversation with a yoga instructor, and sometimes oh. it's like that. It's like you are always doing the same poses, let's say, you know, in yoga,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but your your learning process is not about doing more, but to deepening into it. Yeah. And with tango, it's a little bit like that. It's like, of mm-hmm. course, there's, there's a lot of moves, there's a lot of combinations. You can get really creative on what you're doing, but you don't really need to do more stuff. It's more about getting deeper into into it. Mm-hmm. Tango, again, since it's not just about movement, there's so many other layers mm-hmm. around the, the whole thing, around the, you know, the, the whole cultural and musical and the history and, and the poetry of it. It's just like, it's like a, a vase with no end.
0: Yeah. with No problem. Okay. All right, so Felipe Ayano, where do we find out more about you online?
2: Well, we have a terrible website, but uh all the information is posted there at felipetango.com. Okay. We also post a lot on Facebook, you know. So find us on Facebook Felipe Martinez or Ayano Joneda and you know, we we have a couple groups and pages there. Okay. There's one about uh, Tango at the Beat where we have our uh, Practica on Mondays and monthly milonga. Great. Uh, there's a group also, Felipe Martinez Tango. So we're always posting uh,
0: the different events and stuff. So yeah, you can find us online easily. Great, great. And I'll have great. your sites and also the uh, the Facebook page in our show notes so people will be able to look you up. great. Yeah, and uh, the San Francisco Tango Marathon, Felipe, you're one of the uh, organizers, yes? Yeah, that's
2: right. I mean, Ayano is
0: more the organizer. I'm, oh, I'm like the
2: artist, yes. artistic director. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we organized the San Francisco Tango Marathon. Uh, right. This uh, coming year, 2019, is going to be the 10th edition, the 10th anniversary, Great. which is already... Um, uh, fit, you know, being mm-hmm. able to run a successful event for ten years—it's mm-hmm. already a success, and it's a very popular event.
1: Our idea was to bring a really good quality of social dancing mm-hmm. to celebrate it in in San Francisco, which is a great community, great Argentine Tango community that we have, and. Since I was traveling to different festivals and marathons, and I know that there are so many great dancers here that cannot travel for Mm -hmm. family reason or financial reason or whatever it is. And I wanted all the friends that I could dance with out of town to come here and meet them and to enjoy dancing with each other. And Mm -hmm. it is so happening, really um, a joy to see that happening. This mingling of... uh, great dancers from all over
2: the world great you know 10 10 years ago when we started there were not that many events in north america that Mm -hmm. were just about dancing there were a lot of festivals with classes and shows and all that but that whole yeah there was the thing in portland and maybe uh, maybe a, a few other events you know there was the marathon in um rhode island in um Providence. In, in Providence, Providence, Rhode Island, they used to do a marathon for Year's in there, but there were not that many. So it was the East Coast Tango Marathon in New York at the time, and us trying to organize these uh, events where it was mostly just about the social dancing. And then you know, ten years after, now there's lots of marathons around the country. So yeah. it's 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 it's, it's, served, it's 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 been a good example, and it's been a good uh, inspiration for other organizers to to follow up on that and and you know to do like they do in 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 Europe or in other parts of the world and just trying to bring the, the idea of, of just social dancing and enjoying the dance as, as it is, for example, in Buenos Aires, sometimes mm-hmm. you go from milonga to milonga. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'm still on the email list for the uh, San Francisco Marathon. I hope to make it down one of these days. Looks like a lot of fun.
1: We'll be waiting for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so Felipe and Ayano, thank you again so much for taking the time to be on the podcast and I'm sure Well, that thanks to you
2: me. for this initiative. Anything yeah. that uh, helps to, you know, spread the word about Tango is always very welcome. So we appreciate your initiative and, and the fact that you are taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. We we thank you.
0: All right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, that was fun. Again, we touched upon a lot of topics. I liked what Ayano said about Tango being infinite. That is not just about discovering new steps, but going deeper with what we already know. There are layers and layers of understanding in our fundamentals alone, and that can include the technique itself or greater body awareness. And I also like their thoughts on musicality, that learning to be a musical dancer doesn't have to be so literal and academic. Now, I know there are those of you out there who can pick up musicality in that fashion, but if that's not you, it's okay. What you do need to do, however, is to get to know tango songs. Form a personal relationship with the music. Get close to it. Listen to it in your spare time, and don't be afraid to like some songs and orchestras more than others. And when I brought up the topic of seeking out quality learning experiences, I really liked Felipe's response. He said that getting hooked on tango is the most important thing. Because once you're hooked, you're going to be motivated to learn and to seek out knowledge. And in doing so, you will inevitably find useful information and also figure out how to weed out the less useful stuff. So thank you again, Felipe and Ayano, for taking the time to talk about your experiences and for sharing your thoughts. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch, feel free to send an email to wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. Always appreciate that feedback. And make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, a lot of places basically. So pick a platform, any platform. And thanks to all of you who have left five-star ratings. I really appreciate it. If you have yet to leave a rating and review, please go ahead and do so. It only takes a second and helps a lot. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.